and welcome to another episode of the Fiber Coven podcast. We've survived another week and we're here to uh, talk at you about some yarn and some witchy stuff. Yeah. I don't know how witchy it'll be this week, but we'll talk about weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So we usually start off with a little news. And this week, I think all we have to talk about is our knit along, which is the Stripes in Space knit along. And we're almost done talking to you about it. It ends at the end of this month. So Mm -hmm. you can still join in. There are many fun pictures on both of our Instagrams if you'd like to see what the shawl looks like before you start knitting it. And yeah, you have through the end of the month, you can post with the hashtag, hashtag Stripes in Space MCAL on Instagram to be entered for prizes and that you don't, you don't have to have a finished shawl. You can just be working on the shawl. You can just post mm-hmm. a picture of your yarn you're going to use for the shawl. These are all fine. Or you can join in our uh, Discord chat, which is linked in the pattern that you can get on Ravelry and PayHip for $7. The pattern is Stripes in Space. Hooray! Mm-hmm. Sweet. I guess we forgot to introduce ourselves. I'm Lauren oh. from Valkyrie Fibers. I'm Emily from Kitty with a Cupcake. I'm, I know it's hard to tell people's voices apart. It's hot outside. My brain isn't working. I'm just wearing this bralette. There's a rabbit behind me because it's hot. It's it's a time. Rabbit friends. Yes. That's good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Summertime. Brains are fried. Mm-hmm. We also have like a weird thing about even if we're a full continent apart, we seem to feed off of each other's emotions. And it's been a frantic couple days. Yeah. 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 Mm. But uh, we're here <laughs> and... I we're think we're influence on each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've certainly been looking forward to talking with you. And Me everybody. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but did you finish anything this week? No. I finished. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> You're a monster. I am a monster. Oh, I haven't clipped the ends. I've woven them in, but I haven't clipped them off yet. You match me with your... I match you. This is going to be our... our my friend... Uh, is going to be our triplet. This one is the proportions of the purple Spectre 4 one I knit. It's got, I did a lot more. I did three inches of twisted ribbing at the bottom and I believe five inches of three by three ribbing before Mm -hmm. I did the little cuppies. It's super cute. Uh, It's super cute. I had, you know, like it took less than 50 grams for me to do mine. And my friend is the same approximate rib cage size as me. So I had enough to do another one for her and I think it turned out cute. And I'm just in a phase where I am trying to use up partial skeins and this, this did the trick. So this is again, the ripple bralette pattern by Jessie Mae Designs. I've knit now three of these this summer. (laughs) It's great. It's highly modifiable. Um, And the yarn is Mitchell's Creations, Laniat Base in the Drunken Unicorn colorway. And it looks awesome it looks awesome on emily's bralette she's wearing right now i'm modeling it it's 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 looks good here and and yeah bralettes yay bralettes they're nice when it's hot like right now i'm just wearing leggings in this bralette (laughs) i i am wearing not much clothes either speaking of it's hot if you are watching us on our youtube version of this for the patreon i had the view messed up and i was really tiny at the top but now we're the same size so sorry that we were weird at the beginning it's all good. Mm-hmm. You can still hear us both fine, hopefully. Yeah. In well, what have, you been, <laughs> what have you been working on, Emily? Kind of going in the theme of me being a hot mess. 
Uh, I did a lot of unknitting in the past week. <laughs> so the lace project that I'm working on for my mom, which is a, a lace design uh, in lace weight yarn that I'm designing and it's for her birthday. It is not going to be done in time for her birthday now uh, because the I'm writing the charts. It's an original design and the last chart, I messed up the repeat and like misaligned the repeat. So mm-hmm. it wasn't the repeat got messed up like 15 rows in where it wasn't aligned correctly. I did the math wrong for like moving the selvage mm-hmm. over and I didn't notice until I was like 16 rows in because it just takes a while for it to form. And I was like, ooh, wait, these big holes are supposed to form like a diagonal and they are not. <laughs> so I had mm-hmm. to rip it out and I didn't put any lifelines in my shawl so I basically stuck my uh circular needle in like to the point that I knew was okay tried to frog back to there that's kind of hard to do just like visually in lace Mm -hmm. so I didn't do it totally correctly and I had to tink back stitch I'm I'm sure that there are people who could have fixed it because there were just like a couple sections that were like Mm -hmm. off I am not, I can't really do that. I, I don't really know how to fix lace like that. So I manually tinked back stitch by stitch, like four rows. So I lost like 20 rows <laughs> of really long wow. knitting. Yeah. Um, it's a crescent shape shawl. So it's it a grows. crescent shape shawl. Yeah. I it haven't done the math, but stitch count a lot. It's quite a few stitches. Uh, so yeah, I, I manually tinked back and that of course took forever because they're long rows it is set up correctly i have fixed the charts but yeah i am i am actually further behind on it now than i was when i showed it to you last week so but but i have done many hours of work on it (laughs) um yeah so it's not gonna be done in time that's okay my mom is like it doesn't have to be done in time but i was like i was trying so hard but then i did take a break from it for a couple days just because like you know when you get like yeah. ragey about a thing you need to clear your head <laughs> well uh, what did I you work on back as to your palette cleanser so i worked a bit on some socks i had some meetings so i worked on these regia uh, oh my goodness that's like a pattern. full sock yeah so it's well it's for my father-in-law, so it is a mm-hmm. men's size 14 sock. So it is oh my goodness. Not not anywhere close to being done. I don't my yarn ball is like all up yeah, in you, here. You got a little there snuggled go. there. Calm down thing. There we go. But no, it looks like you it looks like um, nice kind of like reddish earthy tones. Yeah, and this is just a random Regia self-patterning. I have a little nitpicks hawthorn heel here, mm-hmm. which you had urged me to do the contrast heel last week because I was like thinking about being lazy and not doing it but you were right I did it so I just have this random purple nitpicks mm-hmm. hawthorn in there and I'm past the gusset and just doing straight foot now but the foot is like so long on these socks so it's gonna be a whole thing I've done the math before knitting one of these socks is basically like knitting a whole sleeve for me of a sweater. So it'll, mm-hmm. it'll take a bit. I'm not going to do a contrast toe. I'm just going to use this yarn. Right. Um, and those, I do, are, those disrupt the stripe sequence less than the heel does. Yeah. Yeah. Change yeah. And stitch count. We'll see though. I might change my mind if I notice that going through the toe will make it so that the pattern won't line up on the cuff. So we'll see. I am using my little uh, woolen forest teacup 
Empress Ooh, teacup charm. Very cute. And it's like a kind of patina-y. And it's it, like it kind of matches with the natural tones in the sock. At least it's the way it's coming across on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, it does. That's why I have it on there like that. Mm-hmm. And I have my little, this is my little sock kit bag that I always keep in my sock project bag. And you gave this to me like forever ago, like mm-hmm. before we were like real friends forever ago. Uh, yeah. So, it's yeah, a really it's cute, cute little triangle bag that one of my knit group friends makes. Yeah, and there uh it fits these little tiny scissors and a little uh darning needle perfectly. So I always keep that in my sock project bag so that I am ready to do Kitchener stitch or weave in ends at any time. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see that you also theme your stitch markers to your projects. All oh, right. I mean yeah, gotta. What are you doing You're, if you don't? I, exactly. <laughs> I um I definitely did that on my little sockies I started. I just needed a vanilla project yesterday while I was um, seeing family. And I had this little scrap ball of Haverland yarns. I don't know the base because I lost the tag, but it's a two-ply superwash. Yeah, it's a two-ply fingering weight superwash nylon blend. And I just cast on some little shorties because I had like just under 40 grams left. So I figured that was enough with contrast heels, toes, and cups to make some shorties. And it was Stranger Things inspired back when that was real big. Not that we don't still love Stranger Things. It's fun. But I have the little cassette tape. Yeah. Um, and I'm just using a gray for contrast, just using more of my using up scraps thing. And I was able to do all of this toe while I was socializing with my in-laws yesterday. Fun, fun. Yeah. Have you been working on anything else? We do have one other thing. Um, mm-hmm. You haven't seen it in a while. It is this color work hat, which has little lavender flowers and it's knit in LRA DK, which is just a Mm -hmm. wool DK yarn that comes in really nice solids. Uh, I think it's a British yarn. I think all the Mm -hmm. LRA yarn is British. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm a liar, Uh, but it's in just some like heatherish, heatheredish colorways. And I have Mm -hmm. this little lavender chart. So I finished the color work and now I'm going to start on the decreases for the hat. And um, this is a yarn that we carry at my job and I am knitting this and I'm going to do it for free on my works blog for like a couple days or something uh, as mm-hmm. a special thing. And then it'll be a paid pattern in my shop, pattern shop. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Nice. Doing that for work, kind of. Fun. Mm-hmm. I... Put in a considerable amount of work on my aura sweater in the past week. Ooh. Oh, it's so cute. I love this. Look at this. Oh, it's so cute. So it's made out of something fluffy. It was originally designed in mohair. I'm using my Surrey alpaca, which is a similar idea. The base is lace weight, but it's like fluffy, fluffy. Um, so it makes a kind of translucent fabric it's super cute it has bell sleeves and a little like peplum ruffle um I'm onto the peplum ruffle and my rounds are enormous I have to do seven inches of this and yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but I've tried it on it's really cute I like the amount of ease that it's got and um I was worried about the neckline being too big but after I tried it on I think it'll be really good nice Mm -hmm. yeah I'm a big fan like I'm already planning the next one that I want to knit it's great and more like themey um, progress keepers and such. Since I'm doing this out of black fluff, I have my little come to the dark side. Nice. 
with Darth Vader. It's just all black. Cute. Cute. I've also been really like jamming on my spinning lately. Oh. I don't I don't spin a ton. I just try and pick it up once a week, but I've been noticing that I've been wanting to spin more. I'm sorry if there's going to be a loud noise. I think I'm just getting a delivery, but anyway, I've been doing, I've been into my audiobooks, So I've been doing some spinning while listening to the audiobook. And I had, I finished up this bobbin, which is a yak blend, which, so that's got like kind of that natural brownie base and the dyer. I lost the tag very long ago. It's got um, blues and yellows and kind of maroons, but I'm pairing it with this purple. So it's going to be a two ply. And then the purple is Malabrigo. Cute. Malabrigo Nube, which is their roving. And this is in the Lavanda colorway number 66. I, my first yarn I spun that, well, not my first yarn I spun, but my first yarn I spun that wasn't like just tester yarn that I was like, I am going to spin a yarn and use this yarn was in the Malabrigo Lavanda colorway. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that when I apply these together, because I've been doing I separated it out really thin so that the variations in color and tone will be relatively short. I think it's going to make a nice barber pole. And if you like it, this could be a ripple crop top for you, maybe. That would be so exciting. I'd match you because it's kind of similar in color to the one you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is also a hand-spun ripple crop top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. Like I've been spinning really woolen lately and I was out in Carson City yesterday, which was really sweaty. And this top was nice to wear. It was nice and light. Nice. So we shall we shall see. And that's that's really all I've been working on. That's what I have too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally forgot. Did you acquire anything this week? I, I did. Tell me what you acquired. I acquired some lipstick and then influenced you to acquire right. lipstick as well. I am wearing the lipstick. It is this really cute oh, tube. So cute. I don't know how you say the company name. It's G O. That's what I was thinking. It was like gorgeous, gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's G O R J U E, and they mm-hmm. have these really cute food inspired lipsticks, and they come in a tube that all have a little tiny version of the food at the bottom, which is adorable. I love tiny things. Mm-hmm. So I got this send nudes, which has the little tiny ramen at the bottom, and I'm wearing it right now, nice. uh, and it's a nice nude color. I like it. Mm-hmm. You look. Because you have a fairer skin tone than I do. You don't look as dead as if I think I when I wear it. It is a very similar color to what my lips actually are. So mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't really give me a bunch of color. It just kind of like makes them more uniformly the same color. I think it will mm-hmm. be fun to like blend to do like the blurry lip look with it because mm-hmm. it's so similar to my natural color. And I also think that it will look good if I do like eye makeup and I'm wearing like a pastel outfit that it will be cute. But yeah, it is, it is not a ton going on for mm-hmm. everyday wear, but I like it. I didn't have a nude. I specifically bought it cause I didn't have a nude color at all. Mm-hmm. So, or, uh, you know, cream light nude, it's called send nudes. So I keep calling it nude, even though I try not to say that peach is nude. Right. You're saying nude and OOD, not right, nude right. and UD. <laughs> yes. We are aware that humans come in a variety of lip colors. Yes. <laughs> and they're all lovely. But I do think it's funny that they named the like stereotypical quote unquote nude send nudes. It's funny. Good yeah. job. 
company but yeah yeah, they're an asian-owned company and their story is like good the yeah the owner of the store like had a kid as a teen and stuff so yeah Mm -hmm. now she makes cool lipstick together they make lipstick together it was like Mm -hmm. a mother daughter story yeah you got me i definitely ordered a couple um i'm excited to see what yours are like yeah the only reds i have well i only have one like red red and it is definitely like a berry toned red. So I got one of them that's a little more orangey toned red, red, and one that's a little more like marinara toned red, red. The pizza <laughs> one, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited to see about those. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't acquired them yet. Did you get anything else? I did. And I'm really excited about it. So I ordered some paint from Beam Paints. Oh, um, yes which is a company based in Canada and Mm -hmm. they are um, native Canadian people and they make this paint uh, by hand. Oh yes. I've seen them. Mm -hmm. Yes. So So, yeah, the paint is made with uh, local Manitoulin honey, wildcrafted tree sap, hand gathered, washed and sifted Manitoulin stone and the finest light fast pigments. Uh, And they're totally plastic free uh company mm-hmm. for their packaging so it came in this cute little nice like baggie that has their logo screen printed on it and their palettes are like this is like a slice of a birch tree um mm-hmm. and there's like little hollowed out holes that the watercolor paint is inside and they also sent me a little sample of a different color of paint mm. on a little card um so Very that's nice. super nice uh i'm really excited to try this out this is the uh spectrum 11 palette which is just kind of like a standard rainbow and there's a really fun uh metallic gold in there too mm-hmm. but yeah i uh i have i painted in college uh as a requirement of going to art school and i haven't really painted much since college i did a little bit a couple years after college but just haven't really painted much and i kind of want to do some like I've been doing like watercolor backgrounds in the Power of the Full Moon Club art. Uh, so mm-hmm. I kind of want to do some real watercolor backgrounds on paper and uh, like draw on top of the watercolor backgrounds with my pens, like just some line drawings and stuff. I think that will be fun. So I'm very excited to play with this. I haven't played with yeah. it yet because it just got here yesterday. So it's beautiful. Yeah, it's so fun. And they make really cool uh, paint stones, which are like larger size bits of paint. And they're like wrapped in paper and you can like make your own palette of them and stuff. So they're a super cool company. Um, check them out. They also, if you are like not wanting to, this, this was only like 60 bucks, I think, uh, which mm-hmm. is not bad for all this watercolor paint. But they also do, if you want to just like try it out a little bit and don't want to spend that much, they make uh, like a card version on paper and you can get mm-hmm. like the whole rainbow of paint on like a little business card size thing if you, mm-hmm. you just want to test it out. So awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. And it came, it came nice. Um, some of my paints have like a little bit of denting in them, but it shipped mm-hmm. all the way from Canada and uh, they're still totally usable paint. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Sweet. I don't think I, don't think I acquired anything this week. Just looking around. No. Except for the thing that might have just got delivered. But I think that's just treats that my folks sent for my pets. Nice. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So we've kind of like an offbeat occult quarter topic this week. I 
got it into my head, like the topic of architecture, but I realized that that is a broad topic, but that shouldn't stop us because we decided to take on color, which is rather broad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I was kind of thinking that architecture could be like a theme we, we did like color, like we could just pop in and talk about how like architecture influences like pagan witchy practices or just humans in general, uh, like weird offbeat history related to structures, which might be kind of cool to pop in and out of. I definitely have a lot of ideas. I think both of us are fortunate enough to have traveled and seen like some cool things that, uh, you know, both inside and outside of our own country or Americans, if you couldn't tell, you know, unfortunately. You could tell. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We're both very American sounding, but today I thought today I thought we could talk about uh, architecture as fictional characters. Mm. So kind of relating back to architecture as a theme, like obviously architecture is made by humans. So it has like the influences and tensions of the people who designed and built the thing, as well as the people who inhabit the space exert an influence on the structure by how they like feather their nests or how things are going on both in inside and outside of the structure after its construction. So there's like those themes to get into. And I think we're, we've seen a lot of that too, like, because most of us spent a large proportion of 2020 inside, inside our homes and kind of seeing the effects that both we can have on our spaces and that our spaces can have on us. But that's kind of rambling. I'm sorry. I'm going to ramble a lot. But back to kind of like my idea of architecture as a physical, uh, as a fictional character. So obviously in art, everything is the choice of the artist and the scene is like the setting and the scene is super important to like any sort of piece of fictional art. And it's always very deliberate. But I was thinking more about fictional settings where the structures that the characters are in take up more you know, like a more prominent role. And I was first introduced to this in my teens when I started falling in love with Gothic literature and horror literature. And that's, I think, where uh, structures like the haunted house uh, are most obviously uh, a character, quote unquote, in the Mm -hmm. book. And you can see that they're both kind of like a character and a reflection of the mental states of the uh, human characters Right. Um, like they're falling apart sometimes. If like people Fall of are... the House of Usher is yeah. a prime example to that, where it's just about that's an Edgar Allan Poe story where the people are sliding into insanity and the house is falling down around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also H.P. Lovecraft, who is deeply problematic, but he tends to write about uh, structures that don't make sense. Uh, either in scale, like things that were built by otherworldly non-humans or things that were built by humans. Like uh, one of the stories of his, I find always the most disturbing is Dreams in the Witch House, which is about a regular house that was built by people, but like the angles don't add up and the the flexing of geometry in that fictional structure definitely plays into the narrator's um, break from reality. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to like talk about Lovecraft for a minute 
um, because he's extremely racist and problematic. And there is no separating the art from the artist. But I think it's okay to talk about Lovecraft if we acknowledge his like horrific prejudices when we talk about him. And that's also largely because he's very dead and left no heirs. So Mm -hmm. like, I'm not like us talking about me talking about him is not giving him any money. But in the tradition of our deeply problematic Lovecraft, I read a book this year, Mexican Gothic, uh, which definitely had that same element of the house that the majority of the action takes place in is almost living and symbiotic and in very involved with the characters, which I thought was neat. And another recent um, fictional horror story where the house was very much a character was The Haunting of Hill House, which was Mm. really good. I enjoyed that one that came out a couple like spooky seasons ago and I enjoyed it. It was definitely about a white family in a very haunted house, but they weren't all heterosexuals. So there's that for them. Mm -hmm. That was a good one. So that's just kind of like a brief overview of architecture as a physical character in gothic horror literature like through gothic fiction like throughout the the ages like both some old stuff and some modern stuff but I thought of some instances where the structures are characters that might not be the sign of a fully mentally healthy person but it's not it's definitely not exclusively in the horror it's not horror at all because I thought about our favorite like two very iconic disaster magic man characters of howl and the doctor and yes. the castle and the tardis are those very analogous structures that are um absolutely characters within those fictional stories and that was one i really wanted to hear your thoughts on about like well, howl's moving castle versus the tardis mm-hmm. there is even specifically an episode of doctor who which is written by neil gaiman where the tardis is a person right uh, right they they personified the tardis yes yes she she's in like a woman's body and uh it is implied that the doctor would maybe like to bang her uh so mm-hmm. yeah i think that Halloween Castle and uh Doctor Who do have a similar like we have a home that we live in and it's like our mm-hmm. home base but we're able to move that around uh physically and it- in space which I think kind of is how most space stories work too like mm-hmm. I mean that's how Rebels works. We're on a ship yeah. that's our home base, but we can go to other locations with it. I was definitely drawing that line in my like structures thing because I was thinking of like Baby from Supernatural and every iconic spaceship, like mm-hmm. Serenity, the Falcon, like all these, the Enterprise, like all these things. But those are more modes of the Black Pearl. Those are more modes of transportation combination with homes. Yeah, but I would. I would kind of like say that spaceships, particularly in like the Star Trek, Star Wars zone, are architecture because spaceships in Star Wars are big enough to be cities. So like, or planets. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that, I mean, that's different than just a mode of transportation. Like people are designing rooms to live in. Or if you have watched DS9, it takes place on a space station and it is kind of a sitcom show format so like 
you're mm-hmm. in their like space apartment that's like on the space station so it's very much like architecture as opposed to a mode of transportation mm-hmm. they have a bar but, that many episodes take place in. <laughs> but back to our favorite disaster magic men i feel yes, like you yes, had yes, more yes, to say yes. about the moving castle i got distracted or the tardis yeah so the the tardis is interesting uh they're really similar though because i mean the tardis exactly. you, you can change the inside space uh but you can i mean in howl's main castle they like change the inside space of the castle mm-hmm. they're yeah both very physics be damned they are and they both have like a centralized like heart that is like powering them in like calcifer mm-hmm. and like the big tubey thing and the tar- i forget what the heart is it called the heart, it's of, called the heart of tardis yeah. i haven't watched doctor who in a hot minute i'm d- i'm not down on my lingos yeah yeah they're very similar and, they're kind of like the characters are very similar too they're both like men who are very much running away from something in a in a whimsical manner mhm mhm yeah and then they uh have a woman who comes and they're like you're here to help me but then she's like more useful than them so mm-hmm. well in the doctor's case it's a string of women oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean yes. i mean he doesn't fall in love with too many of them just a couple it's fine it's fine i like the look of house moving castle more than the tardis because mm-hmm. the chicken leg giants Mm-hmm. robot chicken <laughs> frog monstrosity is too good i also like that it has like outside space like there is like a balcony mm-hmm. that they can go outside on but the tardis is just like a phone box on the outside it's less exciting yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure and this kind of i would say devolves from like m- more explicitly the structures having like some bit of like sentience or agency and more just like it being a reflection of the characters. Like I did notice that in um, when we watched Totoro together, like the family wasn't doing so great and they're in this kind of like rundown house and they're fixing the house up. And I like how Ghibli stuff seems to show like a more moving forward Mm-hmm. sort yeah. of direction as opposed to horror literature which is just like people fighting like the dark evilness that is beating them down yeah there's another it's not a miyazaki movie but it's a studio ghibli movie it's actually chad's favorite studio ghibli movie called from up on poppy hill and they have like an old school japanese clubhouse where like the boys Mm. would have like their clubs after school and it's very like these teen boys have just been in it for years and it's like totally gone to hell and like it's just like a hot mess they have like little newspaper cubbies and all sorts of stuff but then the they're gonna knock it down is like the plot of this movies the school is like where the school birds like we're gonna get rid of that it's a hot mess uh Mm -hmm. and they're like no we want to save our like clubhouse and the girls come and like clean it and fix it and make it nice and they all work together to make it nice and then they get to save it so that's sweet Mm -hmm. a little patriarchy but sweet but it's it's like only the girls will clean this place no they make the boys clean too i I said that poorly the the boys def the girls make the boys clean like they all work it's it's nice they all work together Mm -hmm. as a team and like the boys are definitely like i'm not gonna clean and the girls are like yeah you are (laughs) so yeah it's good yeah and okay so i feel like this is like the inevitable thing that we we're gonna talk about is tolkien's use of architecture 
<laughs> Tolkien, I think, uses architecture a lot more as scene setting than as a character itself. Like, definitely he uses, like, oh, what's the word for it? It's not monolithic, but, like, the epic scale of the architecture of the past to set the history, like the Argonath and, like, all the towers. Those were made, like, thousands of years before the events of The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings to mm-hmm. set the, the scale and history of it. And I think that's really analogous to the pyramids because like the pyramids were these epic structures that were built thousands of years before the like Greeks and the Romans crawled out of like their like caves in the hills to create Western society and civilization. Like when all that happened, when like the Romans were like fighting each other with sticks in a sweaty mud puddle, like the pyramids were already thousands of years old. Mm-hmm. And that's that same element in Lord of the Rings with like these epic structures to show just like the cap- epic capabilities of the civilizations that came before. And also too, like it was a time in the scale of the Lord of the Rings when the supernatural, more supernatural characters were more involved. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. like there was more magic when the pyramids were built. Yeah, I I agree. I do think that in Lord of the Rings, the architecture in the setting is more to give you information about the characters rather mm-hmm. than telling you what their mental state is like i guess like the hobbit hole is cozy and homey and like it's mm-hmm. this is the safe place for these hobbits and like you want to be in there you want to like it's like a little cubby hole that you can like sit and read a book and yeah. your 11 season you know the note i had here was cultural differences yeah as it, yeah as it this just sounds like what you're saying as opposed mm-hmm. to like a reflection of the characters Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely, and that's probably because we go to so many different regions in Lord of the Rings and it's on a more widespread scale than some, like, than like the haunted house stories where like you're in mm-hmm. that, that house the whole time. Um, you're not going and looking at a ho- another house that's like across the continent. Um, mm-hmm. like in Lord of the Rings, they're telling you like, this is what these people are like. This is what their culture is like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, it's evident both in the movies and in the books, because there's like, infamously, it's funny, they don't put it in the movies, but in the books, when Legolas and Gimli are done after the Battle of the Pelennor Fields, and they're just checking out Gondor, they're like, Legolas is like, it needs more plants! And Gimli's all like, it needs more structure. They're both like, both of these two non-humans are like, like talking about the ways that that this human space could be improved by different elements when you have the elves which are like it needs more nature and the dwarves are like it needs more columns like not necessarily yeah yeah they do like columns Uh, (laughs) yeah you need uh, columns structurally though if you're gonna have mines and subterranean my take on gondor is it needs less stairs can you imagine it's so tall. Oh my gosh. I was We eight. were we just watched we just did a rewatch of Lord of the Rings recently mm-hmm. and we, when they're bringing Faramir a backup when he's like dead uh mm-hmm. to Denethor we were like man those people got to carry him up quite a way. <laughs> I mean, I I think they probably could put him on a cart. There would have been switchbacks. But still. Though. 
yeah. <laughs> it's all the way I up was, there. Those movies came out back when I was a rock climber and I'm like, dude, it would have been way faster if you just like climbed up that big spire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's something that's interesting in Tolkien too. There's a, no matter the race of, of people, people's beings that are making the architecture, they do all seem to very much work with the natural element except of course for the bad guys who are destroying nature Mm -hmm. and that's really the difference and you you see it a lot like the elves definitely use nature the most and have more natural elements the dwarves being like really good engineers like i'm sure like all their structures are made like with the natural geology yeah i mean definitely what we see of like moria it is the columns are carved out of the existing rock that's there they're not like carting those columns in they're made to look like they were just cut out of that rock Mm -hmm. yeah erebor and all that good stuff Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i thought of another thing that is like the house being reflective of the people in it that is not Mm -hmm. a horror movie it's maybe the opposite of a horror movie it's a disney movie and it is beauty and the beast oh i was gonna be like up no but yeah (laughs) but more beauty and the beast it's also specifically gothic it's gothic when he is a beast and when they're cursed and then when the curse gets lifted it changes into kind of like baroque rococo yes (laughs) and all the gargoyles change it to angels and all of the pointy gothic bits change into like nice clean neoclassical archways and yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is very true i just remember just baroque and rococo art styles are are funny and i was just trying to explain the difference to christian like one of the times i think probably when we were in spain going to the rococo has no editing (laughs) exactly i was like christian (laughs) oh you went away where are you i know I know there you are. It's thing is dying. Oh no. It has no battery anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm like, if it looks, if you walk into a room, you're like, oh God, it's too much. That's Rococo. Yes. Anyway, since my iPad is dying, I think we've talked a lot more than I thought we would about architecture. Yeah. So we might dip into architecture more and maybe hopefully relate it more to witchcraft, but we'll see. Excellent. So to kind of wind things up, because I feel like we could ramble about our favorite shows forever. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We do have a little bit of promotion. Quarter four, the final quarter of the Power of the Full Moon Club is available in Emily's Etsy shop. Which is Kitty with a Cupcake. And it's the last quarter we're doing of the Full Moon Club. So get on it while you can. Uh, October is hunter moon november is beaver moon and uh december is cold moon and i have what the themes are the general themes are for the rituals that month up in the etsy listing it is 45 dollars mm-hmm. uh plus shipping to get your kit you get a mini skein dyed by lauren for each of the months you get a spell pouch pattern for each of the months you get a art postcard drawn by me with a ritual printed on it for you to do each month and you get some little extra stuff plus a candle scented to the theme of the month so so much stuff stuff people have been enjoying them so you should jump in and treat yourself for the end of the year for sure 
And if you're looking, well, you can generally be found around the internet as Kitty with a Cupcake. I can generally be found around the internet as Valkyrie Fibers. And you can find us together as Fiber Coven. We're on Instagram. We're on Patreon. We have a website for show notes. Come find us. Yeah. And until next week, Coven, keep making yarn magic. Bye. Bye. Bye.